Welcome to the fourth episode of the C41 podcast. My name is Willem Verbeek, and today I'm here with a good homie of mine, Jacob Constantine, who is actually one of the first photographers who I was looking out to when I started shooting photos. He's still one of my favorites, and I'm honored to have him here today on the podcast. You might know him from his recent AT&T campaign, which is all over New York City, the various Only New York editorials that he's done, and just his really authentic New York City photos. I'm here with him now. What's good, bro? Nothing much, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Yeah, I'm stoked. Like I said, I first found your work through Only New York. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, we briefly met outside yeah, we did. there ages I ago. I remember when you passed by the store, you you recognized me by my Instagram name, which I always love and appreciate because I'm just trying to share my work with as many people as possible. And I like after that day, we ran into each other, what, like six, seven times, just like very briefly by the store because you live in this neighborhood, right? Yeah. So I live super close to that store and you were shooting for them and also working there at the time. Yeah, it was... Uh, Working at the shop. This is only New York, by the way. Like, uh, yeah. Maybe you should introduce it. Uh, only New York is um, a New York based and, um, you know, sp- started about 10 years ago on the Upper West Side by two people who I went to the same high school with and just a very, like, cool, authentic um, New York based streetwear brand. More like lifestyle wear as well. So you were working and shooting there at the same time? bumped into you outside that store which was awesome you were posting all the time like yo come through come through and i was like dude like i love this guy's work like do i come through of course dude yeah yeah that that store had super good energy especially when it came to people who were actually like following what we were up to and you know like engaged within the community of photographers and people working within it so we always like greeted people open arms super you know just trying to support people who support us so Yeah, genuinely, I was looking at Only New York. I saw the photos that they were putting out at the time, which was a lot of, like, film stuff. And I was like, yo, this seems tight. Like, I should try a film camera. And that's literally why I got a film camera, which is crazy that you were a big part of that. Dude, that's that's an honor because I'm a big fan of your work, too. Do you want to give, like, a brief introduction? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Jacob Constantine, as he said, um, born and raised on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I grew up in like a super academic household my parents are both uh, community college teachers my brother is getting his master's my sister's getting her phd and uh i had a hard time finding a lane and eventually i stumbled upon photography through disposable cameras and kind of just messing around sneaking on roofs watching my friends do graffiti and stuff and uh through my interest in fashion i've been able to segue it into commercial work and I photograph the streets in New York pretty obsessively. So I'd say I'm a, I work also in Soho at a retail spot. Shout out Snow Peak. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm just working in the city, trying my best to support myself with commercial photography, both fashion and street. So that's a good, good taste of who I am. Yeah, it's definitely a hard world. It's just fashion photography to just mm-hmm. have an income there. I feel like there's like three people in the city who do it full time. Yeah, and <laughs> I totally agree. It's been it's been hard to get budgets that are actually supporting me and being able to pay my food and rent and stuff. And, you know, this year I've been super fortunate to get a few really good opportunities and it's really helped and I've become really my own person in 
financially this year, which is really great. Yeah, that's definitely a great feeling in photography, whether it's through the photos or through something connected to it. Mm -hmm. it I've helped cast for a bunch of shoots. I've uh, done direction. I've done production assistant work. I've just done so many small things related to like image making and you know that the production process and I'm so glad to be a part of that yeah maybe we should start from the beginning how did you get started with only New York well I'll go back to to high school because it was kind of what forced me into that lane but I went to an honors high school called Beacon. I was on the Upper West Side, and I wasn't doing too well. I was uh, super distracted by social life and just, you know, classic high school maturity, and I was getting C's and D's, not not feeling well. And uh, in my last year, from junior year to senior year, I, um, I transferred to a school called City As um, that does internships instead of school. So three days a week I was at an internship and two days a week I was in class. The classes were ridiculously easy, but shout out that school for doing a really good job. But I ended up graduating a semester early because my honors high school gave me a ton of credits and I only needed a few to graduate. So all of my friends were still in senior year of high school in kind of like senioritis mode. And I was forced into a place where I needed to find work because my parents said if I wasn't in school I'd, ha I'd have to help them with rent and as well I just didn't really know what to do but I um, knew I liked only NY so I sent them an email I was super interested in hip-hop and street culture so I emailed Mass Appeal magazine and then I got a job at a taco restaurant so at one time I was working tons of hours at a restaurant going to internships at Mass Appeal also going to internships at only NY and I was really in this like grind where I was a full adult. I mean, minus the fact that I was still with my parents, but a full adult like right out of high school while my friends were still there. And yeah, the, the internship only worked out super well. I was received really well. I was super passionate. I was really, you know, like brought a good energy to the space. And I think they recognized that. And the way that it segued into creative work was just very fortunate and very organic. That's an awesome story. Thank that's you, a really man. cool story. I appreciate story. that. Like that's a genuine story, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no bullshit there. Yeah, um, is it makes me really happy to, um, you know, relay that because I don't talk about it very often, but it like my entire journey has stemmed from, you know, like not being proud of myself and having to like force myself into a space where I had a hobby and I had things that fulfilled me, and the only thing that it was at the time was like obsessively stealing and shooting disposable cameras. So you learned photo purely by shooting the disposables? And For the most part, yeah. I mean, I, I realized what worked and what didn't from, you know, the simplicity of just like photos coming out too dark, you know, photos coming out shaky and adjusting and figuring out like that, oh, it was 200 film in that camera. And if I use, you know, something that's better in like highlight and low light situations, I'll be able to capture different things. And uh, a friend, Milo, who I mentioned uh, earlier today in another interview, because he gave me my first film camera. And from then on, I was just super hooked. And I taught myself with a Pentax K1000. Yeah, that's a beautiful story. Thanks, dude. Um, so how did you go from working and interning at Only New York to shooting for Only New York? Um, you, you shoot the campaigns. They, for a while, they were um, contacting about like three or four different photographers, 
per line and per drop to photograph different small lookbooks that they would feature throughout you know social media on their newsstand um i just expressed interest and i threw together like a super kind of like funny sloppy shoot for i think their 2014 or 15 campaign and like we like went to riverside park and like did a super kind of Honestly, it was it was looking back on a very unprofessional shoot, but it was it was my first opportunity, and like I I look back on those photos like very fondly. I mean, they're not good, but you know that was my first opportunity, and from then on, they just kind of gave me a chance to do it, and I improved very quickly, and I think they noticed that, so it just kind of segued pretty naturally. Yeah, that's an awesome place to be. I feel like if you have a connection, you don't even need to be mm-hmm. amazing to. Right get an opportunity but if you do get that opportunity and they see that you're motivated and what I'm trying to say is that you were in the right place at the right time absolutely absolutely very fortunate you've moved on from only New York now Mm -hmm. what have you been up to um you know I thankfully landed a job at a at a brand that I really admire called Snow Peak the Japanese lifestyle brand really enjoying myself they make beautiful product people that I'm around uh, are really cool my coworkers are sick uh, the clientele is really, really all, definitely different from only NY, but very cool. Something I really admire. And uh, I've been doing that like four days a week um, and just trying to fill my time with different photo gigs. I've thankfully been in a place. I'm in a place right now where my job schedule is super lenient and flexible. And I've been able to, you know, take days off to do projects, you know, reschedule here and there, switch shifts with uh, coworkers and stuff to get my work done. But really just been trying to be busy every day with whatever it is photo work um social stuff that'll you know propel me into a space that i want to be in and um just you know grinding trying to use my resources and i've been i've been in a good place that was gonna be my next question is how are you doing a retail job and balancing like this photo stuff because it's so time consuming i i work really hard like i i have finally been able to you know get a a routine down where i feel cut where i feel comfortable and i don't know man like uh, my friends who know me well and my roommates see like i come home after a long day at work and i like you know will chill and order food or whatever but like i'm sitting in my room with my door locked with like music on editing photos for hours on end yeah that's super cool man i respect it a lot um and clearly it's it's paid off because this from what i see this last year has been awesome for you yeah it's been pretty pretty ridiculous it's been cool i'm like still a little baffled by it i mean i don't i have really high aspirations and big uh you know goals for myself so it's a little bit hard to take it in fully and be like yeah like i got i'm obviously grateful but um you know i i just want to keep doing more like there's mm-hmm. i just don't want this this streak to end and i'm just trying everything i can to just like continue working and it's just like spend the day working as much as possible and do the same thing the next day and you know hopefully good things will come to me yeah totally let's talk about the big project you just did the things that yeah. it's been blowing you up i i saw it for the first time today sick that, dude it's so awesome yeah that's why I hit you up today, and I was like, Dope. oh, we got to do this podcast still. Yeah. Because I saw your fucking billboards around New York, dude. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Um, it was... 
maybe introduce it? Yeah, I mean, it was a a camp. It was the second phase of a campaign that AT and T is doing. That's called it's a two one two thing or it's a nine one seven thing. It's all about like wrapping your area code and about like authentic New York um, artists and people who represent the streets and represent what the culture is. And um, they chose a few of my photos through Instagram, which is, you know, honestly how I get a lot of my jobs, which is we can talk about the climate of that or whatever. But, you know, they picked a few of my photos is the first job I've ever done where I don't have to actually go out and produce something. So it was a little underwhelming in that sense, but it was it's just unbelievable to see my photos in these phone booths like I've taken hundreds of photos of phone booths and now like when I take photos it's possible that my photo will be within that and that's crazy to me too I saw the campaign when it first launched the it's a 212 thing which is a New York area code for people who don't know like a cell phone mm -hmm. area code and and I I liked the first campaign but it wasn't it wasn't quite what yours does like yours is is so authentic and I feel like the original campaign was like it looks like it was kind of tailored to the 212 thing too much. Yours, like, yours were photos that existed and they just chose them because yeah. they fit so well. And looking back, I can't think of anyone who's a better fit as well. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm super, super happy that um, the people represented in those photos and the locations and moments that those photos were taken in are super genuine and kind of close to my heart. Like they're all close friends who are the subjects all from very memorable days um the one with the kid in the fountain is just like a photo that i really love um just it feels really natural too like it's something where i was like you know what this makes a lot of sense my like my sister has 212 in parentheses tatted on her like my f home phone growing up was 212 like my phone right now is 917 so it's something that's like i've always wanted to get 212 tatted on me too and I'm not now I'm not going to because it's too repetitive but like it's a uh, it's definitely really cool and like close to my heart and I'm very happy to make my community and friends proud you know my parents are proud of me it's pretty crazy it's cool though I'm, I'm really grateful like it's just it's it's a little bit surreal still but it's very cool to walk down the street and see something that I made huge was it as was it like as big as you expected or was it smaller or they pushed it to the farthest extent that i would ever assume that they would we didn't really talk about how um how much they would share it but it's on like every other block in the city it's like on the sides of buildings it's like covering construction sites it's in like the digital ads in the train they they snapped. They truly went off. And I'm really happy about that. But it was definitely surprising. I love that there's always this stigma that you need like a hundred megapixel camera to shoot billboards and here Jacob yeah. is shooting <laughs> billboards with like thirty-five millimeter JPEGs. Honestly, I shot every single photo on a cheap thrifted camera with film that I got for very cheap. Like I think one of those photos was shot on like expired film like just low res stuff but i love it like and it's on buildings in new york that's unreal i'd never really thought about that until someone mentioned it to me and you're the second person to say it but that it's crazy i've never ever had nice equipment ever that's been like an ongoing conversation on the podcast which i love yeah i love what you do and you clearly don't need much to do it not nah, the 
two cameras I have right now, I thrifted both of them. One of them was $15 at a Salvation Army. Got super lucky, got like an old Canon. And the other one I found on eBay. And I've, I spent a total of like 350 bucks. And I know people that have tons of crazy equipment. And I get the question what I use all the time. And I really don't like that question. But it's it's just funny to think that people probably assume that I have really nice stuff, but I really have never spent any real money on my, my equipment. Yeah, that's something to think about. Like, that just resonates well because it's pure story, those photos. Thank you, man. Yeah. Like, 100%, those photos are story, and because of that, they also look beautiful, like, color-wise and lighting Appreciate that, and- yeah. I'm obsessed with color theory, so I uh, really try to either dive into uh the ideals and what's expected of color theory and push that or do things that are like what people wouldn't do necessarily to bring things out Mm -hmm. but so what's the process been like making those photos that ended up in that campaign um the process where they got a hold of them or just no like over what period of time have you been shooting those and uh, well, I have my camera on me every day, so every single one of those photos was a very quick kind of like, yo, can you stand here? Or, yo, do you mind if I take this photo type snapshot, 30 second interaction, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the ones with friends that were all actually pretty memorable days. Um, the one, the photo that uh, people are posting around the most of my friend Siobhan, shout out. Um, that was like a really good day we like got margaritas and it was like raining all day and we're just like chopping it up as friends really heavily and just like just a memorable like four or five hours and she ended up with her bike in front of a like a ice cream truck on like one of the first hot days of the year and i like snapped a photo and she smiled real big and like that's super dear to my heart that's exactly what that photo feels like too and like no budget can recreate that oh nah and it was (laughs) like there was no budget to it cheap equipment cheap film like quick develop and uh yeah the process was cool they uh they selected photos that i really liked and i was happy about that but i submitted a good like 15 through instagram and they chose six and i think it was like 10 photos in the whole campaign so it was cool to have like mostly my stuff too I interviewed a photographer recently on my YouTube channel for that series, Photo Talks, that I do. His name is Wesley Verhoeven, and one of the things he said which stood out to me was, like, photographers shouldn't wait for assignment. Like, they should self-assign, like, shoot the work you want to shoot and then just get it published, and I can't think of a better example. Yeah, I mean, are you really a photographer if you're not making something every day? I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be every day, but if you're not making things consistently, mm-hmm. are you really someone creating stuff? Yeah, totally. I love I love creating at a high volume. And of course, I don't release at a high volume, but I definitely uh, am creating every single day. I was late here because I ended up in a conversation with someone and photographed them and their dogs. So, you know, I'm just... Most of my photos are taken in... Um, like going from one place to another just being smart enough to have my camera on me always and not being scared to interact with people how did you start getting comfortable with doing that kind of thing was it how you grew up or well yeah i was i was born and raised in a super um diverse environment and i was raised by very you know kind of expressive smart people so i was fortunate enough to have you know kind of the gift of gab and um 
a lot of confidence in talking to new people and making friends and it's kind of part of my attitude i'm very open if people want to come talk to me i'm i love learning about other people and i think that just uh attitude has has helped me really um be able to interact with so many different people and have the privilege of taking so many photos of different people but you know that process is hard i used to my said my first year and a half of taking photos i didn't ask anyone i would just snap photos and now i feel a little bit guilty because i understand how much of an invasive thing that is and i'm trying to respect more and more my subjects and especially in such a diverse environment but it's been a learning curve and i'm finally at the point where i'm not really scared to talk to anybody if i see something i want to photograph i'm gonna ask the worst thing that can happen is they say no I think one of my favorite things about this podcast is just hearing how people have been like the process behind achieving the success that they've had. And I've watched you do some awesome campaigns for Converse. You did an amazing one for Carhartt. Thank you. Was that all? And obviously the AT&T thing. Was that all social media, you'd say? or? Well, I, I've had so many different internships and so many different jobs and each one of those opportunities has given me the chance to interact with so many different people with so many walks of life and connect with people really deeply and i've just been fortunate enough to form a really tight-knit friend group who are all into similar things fashion um, photography any type of art street culture you know partying and like i socializing is is as much a part of the job in my opinion than than people like to realize I would go to like these gallery openings here in the Lower East Side after I first met you and I'd see you at yeah, yeah. the majority of them, which is awesome. Not in a like, yo, you party too much way, but like <laughs> like those are good places to be and you're at everyone, which is so dope. Yeah. I've Man, I admire the people around me so much. They give me so many different opportunities to just see what they're making and like have a grasp of what contemporaries are doing right now within the art scene and it's beautiful half of my my fulfillment from photography is connecting with people every single shoot i've made a connection with someone on set every single time i've photographed a model just for fun we've become friends and that has really like obviously some more than others but you know that's just something that that has come with the territory and that i love doing yeah willem willem included oh one of the things that i hear a lot people are like, yo, I do not live in New York. I live in buttfuck nowhere. Like, do you think you'd be doing what you do if you weren't, if it wasn't for New York? That I, I would, in, in my mind's eye, I'd say absolutely not. But I think in reality, I would have found a way to at least get my hands on something creative. I feel like that's uh, something that's kind of intuitive to me and something that's been, you know, coming very natural so i would imagine like if i was in ohio or like you know a small town i would uh i would find my way to create something definitely not at the same capacity okay so as usual i asked instagram for some questions about jacob and these questions are totally different to what i've gotten before like usually it's a ton of gear questions a ton of editing questions but these are like all genuinely what drives you what inspires you which Sick. is so dope. That makes me so happy. So that definitely says something about your work. Thank um, you. Somehow it's like 
in the best way possible it's clear that your work isn't technically crazy like they look like beautiful moments you know Mm -hmm. And they're like grainy, saturated photos, but they just feel genuine. Mm -hmm. And like, because of that, you just get genuine responses, I think. Uh, Yeah, I I would agree. I'm happy to hear that. Just suggestions, finding and getting jobs in the professional photo world, (laughs) which is general, but I feel like everybody has good different answers. I would say consistency in creating work. I think once you... um, have a platform to share your work, whether that be Instagram or a website. Um, consistently updating and creating work makes people see that you are actively working. And I think work always leads to work, regardless if it's, you know, money out of your own pocket or being paid. And as well, strong business relationships through genuine connection. Like a lot of people approach on the somewhat robotic tip and I think that that creates, you know, kind of distant, separated types of of sets and types of creative environments. And I think that if you are inspired by somebody genuinely and you see them in your circle or you see them being with people that you're like close to, reaching out and just letting them know that they inspire you and that you want to work with them is never going to hurt. Once again, the worst thing that they can say is no. But creating work, work leads to work. I'm very confident in that. What What do you, this isn't a question on the thing, but what do you feel like, do you feel like Instagram has played a big role in your? Hell yeah. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think that, that Instagram is heavily saturated with um, people who false claim to be photographers. That's a, that's a critical and cynical thing for me to say, but I stand by that and I think I I have a hard time even calling myself a photographer because I read so much about people who dedicate their entire lives to the art form. My technical skills aren't that high. I don't know how to print very well. I've like, you know, developed my own work a few times and you know that that art form of photography requires so much dedication and as much as yes i am getting commercial jobs i am photographing every day like i think it's a really deep thing to call yourself a photographer i think that that holds a lot of weight and people who take iphone photos or i mean people can really excel at that and i that's definitely a form of photography but people who don't understand the depth of what it takes to really be someone who dedicates themselves heavily shouldn't really be saying that they're photographers but instagram has helped me immensely i've been able to you know gain a following i've been able to get jobs through instagram like i i think it's a really good platform if you're sharing genuine work are you still doing it for fun or do you ever feel like you are like you have to oh no i do i do it for fun i mean like i'm kind of weird and meticulous when it comes to sharing like i i'm very particular in what i like to share and there will be periods of time where i'm posting every day because i just have so much stuff that i'm in love with but like i mean i haven't posted in three four days because i just don't really have any work that i want to share right now and i have complete control over how i present myself and i think that i mean instagram is just a portfolio for me like I'm I'm just putting out my work. I don't post anything but, you know, my photos and some of my jobs and then a few like dumb Instagram stories. Like I keep it pretty professional for the most part on there and I think that's just the way to do it. But it doesn't it is fun. I I, I love it. Once again, it's about interacting with people too. Like people reach out all the time and I talk to every single person. Like I don't have any request messages because I 
respond to every single person no matter what like i i just make sure that if people are engaging i engage back i i wish i could do the same yeah you have you have a lot bigger of a following though i don't know if i I would physically have the time if i had you know five times more followers i don't think so it's a lot and i also i'm just trying to spend as little time as possible on there yeah like i love engaging with people and that's why like i ha- i held an event here and it was like crazy like yeah, so sick. many real people yeah it's it's cool it's cool to finally see the faces to the account and have real interactions is so like i can only type like so much it just feels like surface level after a while even if the intentions behind the messages aren't mm-hmm Absolutely. Like, you want to have genuine-ass conversations with people, and people are so kind. I honestly, like, they're... I don't think I'd be able to respond to five times the amount of messages I get just to like, like ratio to ratio. Like imagine like social interactions just sped up because people have an easier time saying what's up. You're on the street. You're going to maybe run into one or two people. But if you're on the internet, you're going to run into 5,000 people every time you post. And if you think about it in that way, it's like if if you break it down, like if you were to run into 5,000 people a day, you would have no time to do shit. So it's the same thing, like response to people you really need to. But it's definitely touchy because people get upset when you don't respond. People think you're Hollywood. It's just like there's there. It's such a strange dynamic because people interpret Instagram so differently. Some people, it's their lives. They make money off it. They promote products. Other people, it's a portfolio. Other people, it's like a diary. Some people use it as just like, you know, promoting themselves as a brand. Like, and each one comes with a different, you know, rapport. Mm-hmm. It, each one comes with a different way that you have to act. Yeah. And it's very interesting to see how those differences are reflected in how people interact on that platform. And I think that's why there's such a complication behind sharing your work or just sharing anything on the internet. Like, it's, it's also so contemporary nothing about not answering a message is about putting yourself on a pedestal it's just about like time and like i want to talk to everybody of course yeah but it's it's literally impossible it's like like if you're still in school or did you graduate nobody knows this yet but i'm actually taking the next year off sick damn big reveal uh probably not going to be in it right yeah, that's in there. Sick. It's official, I think, now, yeah. Oh, okay, hell yeah. Um, that's awesome. There's a whole video. I took... Okay, my... Uh, bam, bam, bam. I took a year and a half off. Off of... Off of school. I, like, I got out of high school early, and I took that half semester oh, to yeah. work, and then I took another year. And then I went to BMCC for five semesters. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I went to school, dude. Oh, okay, I thought you were done after high school. Nah. From I, the... Oh, man, I would be such a different person if I was done after high school. How old are you now? I'm 23. Okay. Still a baby. That's what I assumed. Yeah, yeah, very young. Yeah, I went to Borough of Manhattan Community College where my father actually teaches as a French professor. I went there for five semesters for multimedia arts and design. Very slowly and begrudgingly got my associate's degree. I'm not a school person. I I applied to um, SVA and I got in, but I didn't want to go at all. And I, (laughs) I mean, I was arguing with my parents. I like really had to prove to them that not being in school was an option for me because I mean, they're academic people. So it's very hard for them to understand where I, what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. 
but they were they were not understanding but they were supportive and um you know the moment i got out of school they were like yep we're not paying for anything anymore so i literally had to step it up yeah i'm curious about your photo inspiration that's a question from instagram um man i like what photographers inspire me or like what inspires me to take photos both both all right i'll go into what inspires me to take photos because this is something i've had to conceptualize super heavily recently because i'm low-key releasing a book no no end date but it's fully in the works can't speak on it anymore book, book a book book a book book we'll see we'll see what happens with that but it's definitely in the works and uh shout out phil gibson and nico de really putting in work for me my amazing designers sick people um but what inspires me to take work uh to take photos truly stems from <laughs> all right let me let me get into this so i Grew up in an apartment on the Upper West Side, and my bunk bed with my twin brother um, had a window right next to it, and I spent, like, every single night, I was on the bottom bunk, every single night kind of just leaning over and looking out that window, and, you know, it was a pretty active neighborhood, so I was always just, you know, like, watching interactions, looking at people, and... um, that really inspired me to be able to look out of the 12th story of an apartment, even as a little kid, and be able to witness things that I had never seen, even without even being outside of the house. And it really introduced me to this feeling of how unbelievably complex it is that we live so intimately within the city. And I looked up that idea and I kind of dove into a small, like, research binge on the feeling of sonder and sonder is the word that uh, describes the feeling of the realization that everyone else's life is just as complex and vivid as yours and to feel that feeling on a volume of eight million people on an island and to really like feel that deeply is something that like drives me insane like i i think about it all the time i can't get it off my mind i photo and i and i think that there's such a depth to that because with such a vast intimate close knit group of people that are physically on top of each other if you think of this is a this is a vision i have all the time if you think of a building where the first wall is all glass and you're able to view, even if you go down below the subways, if you're able to see a diagram from the side, like a dollhouse of people in New York, like that's an absolutely insane thing that we live so close. And there's something so beautiful about that. Like you can feel so alone in the most crowded place and then feel so connected with everybody within split seconds of each other. And I think that that is just a type of feeling that is so rare for other cities. And of course, there's a similar amount of volume, but the vibrancy of our surroundings, the the vast, you know, the vast diversity in every single sense, socially, culturally, economically, racially, like you're bombarded with so much at every second of every day walking the streets of the city and I leave my house for 10 hours a day I leave at 10 and I come back at 10 
every single day. And the amount of shit that I see is mind-boggling. And to be able to photograph that is an honor. And like that is what really makes me take photos. And that's why street photography means more to me than commercial work. I love commercial work. Keep it coming. <laughs> but street photography, photographing the people around me is like unbelievably valuable. I hope that word is the title of your book. What? Sonder? It's not. It's definitely um, part of the inspiration. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to put it. Wait, actually, can I restart the whole thing? Mm -hmm. So we're coming up to 41 minutes. I want to ask you one more question. Um, this is a really good one here. How do you get involved with big companies? And basically, if you... I'm just trying to summarize this question. If you have work, how do you get it to the right people in the right places? Having the confidence in your work to share it with whoever you possibly can. Um, if you are inspired by a brand, if you wear a certain brand a lot, I think being able to, uh, you know, just show them what you're doing is really important. And it's not really a bother. I think a lot of people are concerned that um, they're bothering people when they show them their stuff. And I think for the most part, the owners of those brands, of course, they're bombarded by stuff like that, but they want to see people engaging with them as well. And you might not get a response back. Also, you know, a lot of my friends get jobs through loitering at their favorite spots. Like, a few kids that I know, like, chilled at my job for a long time, and, like, the manager knew them or something like that, and they were able to pull clothes for the shoot because they were trusted in that environment. I did that, um, like, with Good Company. The Good Company is a brand that I really, really love because they make such an open space for young people to come and chill. Shout out Kumasi and Quinn for the dopest brand downtown. But, like, I loitered there for a while. I chilled. I had a few friends that worked there. You know, I bought some clothes, you know, here and there. And after a year and a half, two years, I, like, let them know that what I was up to because I was confident in my work. And I ended up working with them. And I think being able to just share stuff with people and not be scared of their response is really important. And to know that, like, cold calling and cold emailing is always appropriate. The worst thing that they can do is read it and delete it. Yeah, literally. That's one of the things that I was turned off by too is is what I didn't realize is that if you're not going to send that cold email, like other people will and they're, Absolutely. you know, you're just in the mix and yours might be the right one. I also think that being selective with who you work with and only working with people that you truly admire deeply, like if you think a brand is whack and they hit you up to do a shoot, I mean, I recommend turning it down. I think that if you're confident that your gigs will keep coming and you're not in a place where you need the money, like, be selective with who you work with. Like, I, I turn down stuff pretty often just because I want to work with people that inspire me. And if people aren't inspiring me, I'm not going to be that motivated to make my best work. That's that's a fact. I also think that if you are sending out cold emails, don't send the same cold call to 20 people, Definitely right? Not. Genuine things to four or five yeah you know? i think people who do email blasts is very obvious because the people yeah. who read them make them too like if you're going to a big brand they know what an email blast looks like yeah write them something like yo i bought your shirt the first season you came out that's what i wrote to only like stuff like that like just just let them know that there's a genuine interest there and hopefully you know your work stands up for itself and is able to you know secure those jobs mm-hmm 
that's a thing that just has to be genuine first too so before you do that just like be engaged yeah know who you're contacting instead of being like yo i love your work be like yo i love that shoot you did in 2016 mm-hmm. with this person it was dope yeah. how you did that like, yeah i mean people who can cite my work from a while ago there's no better feeling than actually knowing that people are looking at your stuff and brands will you know match that same energy if they're the right people to work with i agree i think that's a good place to end it is some nice solid advice hell yeah where can people find you jacob um you can find me on instagram at uh observations that's observations with the c in front of it you can go to my website jacobconstantine.com they'll spell it out for you you know when we put this out so you'll be able to type it in correctly yeah long name you feel me jewish you can check out my instagram at willem verb or you can check out my youtube channel which is my full name willem verbeek Make sure you follow C41 Podcast on Instagram. It's just at C41 Podcast. That's it for the fourth episode. Let me know if you made it all the way to the end and what you thought of the podcast. If people are still enjoying these by the fourth episode, then that's probably a good sign. <laughs> this episode is a week late. I'm kind of in the process of moving into a new space to do all of this stuff. So there's going to be a little bit of a delay for hopefully a lot of improvement. I have some big people that I'm having on this podcast in the future. So I'm definitely very excited. That's it for now. Peace.